the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, I love it in Flint. You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, mistress of the dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into hour two of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. I guess this hour is an MD history buff and the author of the Bad Love book series. And there's a new installment of that. We're going to talk about uh, Bad Love Medicine, which seems kind of appropriate with... Uh, the author, Kevin Chu, who joins me by phone. Hi, Kevin. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you this morning, Tom? I'm doing okay. Kevin, um, you know, we were talking before we went on the air, uh, just very briefly, trying to remember if you'd been on the show before, and I think you have, because as I'm looking through my notes, there are some very familiar elements, which has to do with uh, your stories, the Bad Love Group, uh, sort of bouncing around through time. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it all started with bad love medicine. And when when we were talking before we went on air, I, I'm pretty sure that you and I visited um, back in, I uh, believe, around uh, November of 19. So actually, it's, it's really interesting. I started with uh, bad love strikes and and it's 22 months later, and book number four is out. So I've been a, I've been a busy author uh, when I'm not being a doctor. <laughs> have, have you, have you uh, as far as writing goes, have you been especially productive during the pandemic? I've talked to a lot of writers who regret not having used the time a little more wisely. Well, it's the opposite for me, Tom. Um, you know, the first book, Bad Love Medicine, um, it was like I was struck by lightning. I, I had read the story 
it, it, so the books are about a group of um, time-traveling teenagers that are growing up in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Kevin, I I hate to interrupt you, but but you've got me confused. Bad Love Medicine is the new installment, right? Right, right. I was just going back. Because you've said a couple times, yeah, you've said a couple times that it all started with Bad Love Medicine. Oh, I did. Okay, sorry about that. And I I just, I I, I needed to to go back and say, wait a minute, was this the first book but it didn't get published till four i you know i wasn't sure <laughs> uh sorry about that no bad love strikes is book one and then bad love tigers is book two bad love beyond book three and the one that we're really interviewing about this morning is is bad love medicine but i was you know the first book i wrote in 90 days that was bad love strikes and then after that, um, the you know I started writing Bad Love Tigers, and the pandemic uh, struck. And I have to say that um, my particular situation, um, I live here, I live in Denver, and um, there was nothing to do during the pandemic. You couldn't go to a restaurant, uh, you couldn't go to a, a hockey game or basketball game, or out to a play. I mean, you were stuck basically at home. And for me, um, I wrote like crazy during that time. So I I literally wrote two and a half books during the pandemic. Good for you, um, Kevin, because so many of us just sat around uh, binging Netflix and Hulu and gaining weight. Yeah, well, I will admit (laughs) to a little bit of a weight gain, Tom, but other than that... Um, I didn't watch much TV while I was <laughs> while I was writing books, but um, anyway, uh, it for me it really kind of turned out to be a mix because um, I I've really um, developed a second career. I plan to practice medicine for another seven to ten years, but in the meantime, I'm going to continue to develop my career as a book author. How much overlap between your medical practice and this new book, Bad Love Medicine, is there? So there's actually a tremendous overlap, um, and I'll, I'll explain. Hopefully I won't confuse anybody anymore, but in the first book, The Bad Love Gang, they go back to uh, Poland in World War II to try to rescue a small group of Jews and gypsies from the Holocaust, and one of the characters in the book falls in love with one of the Holocaust victims, and they, they have a child. And so later on, they're following, they're back in the present time in the 70s, and they're following uh, from a distance the people they rescued, and they find out that um, that this woman that, um, and the character's name is Meatball, <laughs> that Meatball fell in love with um, um, has cancer. And so he goes to Jerusalem where she's living and um, finds out that he has a 30-year-old son. <laughs> and Surprise! So the, <laughs> the, the, next, um, the next three books, really, there's a common thread where they know that um, her name is Hannah. They know that Hannah has breast cancer in the future, and so they want to find a cure for Hannah. So that Meatball's love and the, and the mother of his child, they want to save her. 
And so, um, anyway, in book three, they get um, gene therapy. So Hannah is Jewish. She's an Ashkenazi Jew. She has uh, BRCA1, BRCA2 inherited breast cancer. And so in book three, they get the they get gene therapy um, uh, from a distant planet, and they bring it back with them. And now they have to find Hannah in Bad Love Medicine and get the medicine to her. So that she does, so that she never develops breast cancer, and so there's this common love story about trying to save Hannah, um, but there's some interesting medical facts about um, inherited breast cancer in Bad Love Medicine. Did I read somewhere where there's um, a, a music companion to this book or series? Well, um, <laughs> so glad you asked, because uh, when I was growing up, my dad was a jukebox vendor in St. Louis County, and we had a Wurlitzer-style really? uh, jukebox in our basement that played 45 RPM vinyl records. I, I have a and friend I'm, that restores those. <laughs> well, they're so much fun, right? And um, at least for a baby boomer like me. But I'm, I'm, I'm actually the uh, baby of the family. I have two older sisters, so I'm growing up, um, and I'm watching my sisters and their friends and boyfriends dance to the jukebox music, and it literally imprinted me with a music brain. And so, you know, Tom, I'll be talking to somebody about something that happened in the past, and um, it'll trigger a song in my brain. And, I mean, this is true. And oh, so yeah. what I've done is... And I, vice versa. I've, You'll hear the song, and it'll trigger the memory. Uh, exactly. You know, isn't that so true? You know, you hear a song, and it brings it, it brings you back to where you were in that point in history. And so, anyway, um, I took this music brain of mine, and I incorporated it into the Bad Love book series. And so every book in the series including Bad Love Medicine, the one we're talking about, has a soundtrack. And so the soundtrack is in the beginning of the book, and as events occur during the, the book, it brings out a song, and, and, and I'm the narrator of the book, and I'm Bubble Butt. I'm, all the gang have <laughs> nicknames, and so I'm, I'm BB or Bubble Butt, but Bubble Butt will think of a song and so I put that in bold type in the book, and I talk about the song, and I encourage the readers to, you know, uh, listen to that soundtrack as they're reading the book. And it makes it more of an immersive experience in the reading. It kind of makes reading the book like you're, you know, like you're watching a movie. So how do people access the music? Is there, when you say there's a soundtrack in the front of the book, is that a, a CD or... Right. So, um, you know, the easiest way, in my opinion, is uh, if you have um, if you have Alexa in your home, you can just tell Alexa, uh, um, play, play Along Comes Mary by the Association. That's the first uh, um, uh, track on Bad Love Medicine. Or uh, the second one uh, is uh, Dancing in the Streets by Martha and the Vandellas. And you just tell Alexa to play the song while you're reading a book. Um, 
but we do um, we do have Spotify list out there uh, on the internet for the first three books. We don't have Spotify out yet for book four, but you can you know you can go to YouTube as well, and you can play you know a, you know on your computer or on your phone. You can just play a YouTube song while you're reading a book. Uh, that's that sounds like uh, like a fun way to do it, um, and I, I I I'm I'm just really taken aback a little bit about that that feature of this series that it that it has its soundtrack because I've I've always uh, kidded people I've had guests on previous shows and stuff and and I used to pick a theme song for everybody i thought everybody should have a theme song <laughs> <laughs> well i would be right there with you and uh, i mean the the first song in the first book bad love strikes is born to be wild by steppenwolf and i i've had people ask me you know kevin uh, if you had to, you know, if your book becomes uh, a Netflix series, for example, you know, what's going to be the theme song? And, you know, for the Bad Love Gang, um, I think I would probably just stick with Born to be Wild. It'd be, it'd be fine as a theme song <laughs> for the series. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, um, it's really fun. I, I subscribe to the theory that the best music has already been recorded. And um, and so these books are really rich in uh, '60s and and '70s music. What is, um, Kevin? What are some of the other songs? I've, really, I've developed a love for '80s music. So as this, I'm planning to write 12 books. So eventually, we'll get to the '80s, uh, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the uh, some of the songs that that uh, accompany Bad Love Medicine? Well, you know, I said Along Comes Mary by the Association leads it off, but um, it, has, uh, it has a lot of interesting songs, like uh, These Boots Are Made for Walkin' by Nancy Sinatra, yeah. uh, um, Here Comes That Rainy Day Feeling Again by The Fortunes, and S.O.S. by ABBA, uh, A Hard Day's Night by The Beatles, Reach Out, I'll Be There by The Four Tops, um, uh, She's a Lady by Tom Jones. There's a really funny scene uh, for that one. And and Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves by Cher. I mean, what an amazing uh, popular song that was at the time. And Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. And, um, you know, there's a love story in this book. And, uh, you, you know, between uh, Hannah and Meatball and the last song in this book is Happy Together by the Turtles. So, Kevin, I have to take a break here. Can you stick around so we can talk some more? Yeah, you bet. I'd love to, Tom. All right. Um, Kevin Shuey is my guest. He is an MD history buff and the author of the Bad Love book series. And uh, we're talking about the latest installment, uh, Bad Love medicine and we'll talk some more about that and more with uh, kevin shuey after we let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break they are 92.1 lp fm wfov our voices radio in flint and if you're streaming us at tomsumnerprogram.com we have some messages as well Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at Michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors. 
Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. It's been a hard day's night, and I've been working like a dog. It's been a hard day's night, I should be sleeping like a log. But when I get home to you, I find the things that you do will make me feel Hey, welcome back, everybody. <laughs> a little, little music to uh, read Kevin Shuey's uh, latest installment of the Bad Love Book Series by Kevin Shuey joins me by phone. Kevin, thanks for sticking around. Uh, sorry to make you sit through all that. Hey, Tom, um, that was a great reintroduction. That's one of the songs from the Bad Love Medicine soundtrack, so... You know, right on with that. That's great. I was think I just have to tell you a little funny uh, story from my side of the fence here. You know, sure. When I first called in, I think they were doing a play on the Tom Sumner uh, name is Tom Smothers, right? And, right. Um, and so, um, you know, the, we were talking about soundtrack before we went to the break, and. Along Comes Mary by the Association is the number one, it's the lead-off song in the soundtrack to Bad Love Medicine. And, and I went, I'm like, you know, I think that that was uh, on the, on the uh, Smothers Brothers show. And so I went to page 20 in the book uh, during the break, and sure enough, I talked about how I had watched the Smothers Brothers show um, in 1967, and the, the you know they featured the association playing, and they they were introducing the the association was introducing themselves as music robots, and it was it was hilarious. You can actually Google this um, and see it uh, online uh, from the Smothers Brothers show from 1967. Um, but there they are. They introduce themselves as ro- as music robots, and then they start playing. Along comes Mary, and it's a real hoot. So, uh, uh, if you have a little time, you might want to uh, look at that on YouTube. Well, you mentioned parenthetically in the last segment, Kevin, that you were a boomer. I am as well, and I actually saw the association play that live. <laughs> <laughs> We're showing our age, right? <laughs> yes, yes, we are. But. Um, but age really doesn't matter in your books because you can go anywhere in time. That's right. How did how did you get interested in time travel? How did it make its way into your stories? Is it just purely from your love of history? Well, that really has a lot to do with it. And, I, you know, growing up in the 60s, um, I really loved uh, science fiction. And so, you know, some of my... Uh, favorite programs were <clears throat> Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea and Lost in Space and the, when Star Trek very first started in the in the 60s. And, you know, when you watch those uh, sci-fi programs, they uh, eventually they always get to time travel, right? And so um, I've, I've um, been a... And then becoming a history buff as I've gotten older... Um, I think that uh, time travel is such a wonderful way to experience history. And, and I don't know about you, Tom, but as I have got, when I was young, I don't know that history seemed so real to me. You but know, that's something I've we've got- talked about a lot on this show with, uh, 
especially with um, people who write historical fiction. And, and it's the way that history is taught is unfortunate because it's boiled down to dates and places. And if it was, if it was presented in the stories that are contained within history, it would be so much more interesting. Don't you think? And I've had I've had uh, reviewers say that very thing on Amazon about my book series that if history were taught this way, the way that it's presented in my novels, um, you know, young young adults would be so much more intrigued with it. And I think as we get older, we start to identify with history more because. We all have our own history, and then you come to the realization at some point, I think it happens about after, after 50, at some point, you realize, wow, history is real. Those things actually really happen, and those are real people. And, um, and so it's really hit me as I've gotten older, and I think it's just, you know, now I'm just totally into it. <laughs> Does that then um, create an obligation um, for you to research and, and make sure your historical references are accurate and, and told well? Yes, um, on two levels, really. One, my, my love for history, but two, and and I think this probably governs my behavior more. I, I'm a board-certified radiation oncologist. I'm a cancer specialist. And, um, and so everything that I do in medicine has to be precise. And I'm just governed by that. And so I, I would um, even challenge the folks that read my book series to uh, Google uh, the history uh, that we talked about in the series um, because it's it's uh, spot on accurate. I mean, my the history you you really could. I, I would I think these would be uh, great a great way to teach history in junior high or high school to to have them just start with the Bad Love book series and um, they would learn a ton of accurate history by reading these books. Um. Would your books be thought of as sci-fi if they didn't have the time travel element? Um, well, uh, in book three, Bad Love Beyond, they travel to, they use the, the White Hole Project, the time travel machine. They actually use it uh, for intergalactic space travel. Um, but the real answer, to the short answer to your question is, no, these books would be considered historic fiction, Tom. I mean, these, uh, when people ask me, well, how do, how do you define the genre of your books? And I say, well, they're really historic fiction with a twist of science fiction. It's, um, and, and it's fascinating. And the, the music element, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still um, it kind of fixated on that because um, I've got a background in music, and so I, I appreciate music uh, as much as you do and so I think that's such a, a cool element to have recommended music to listen while reading I, I just I think that's uh, I think that's brilliant Kevin and kudos to you for 
adding that and and making your books really um, kind of multimedia. But speaking of that, you have actually completed a screenplay for one of your books. I did. So for the first book, I did uh, the screenplay for Bad Love Strikes, and it has uh, now won five awards, and it's still... Uh, it's still on the film festival circuit as we speak. Um, so uh, it, it's it in uh, script uh, form, or has it actually been produced? It is. Um, it is a screenplay, and so I wrote the screenplay to the first book. And I was telling you the first the, the first book is Bad Love Strikes, and I I wrote the screenplay to Bad Love Strikes. I wrote the book in 90 days, Tom. It took me eight months to write the screenplay. (laughs) (laughs) Writing a screenplay is just such a totally different animal. Oh, my goodness. And... And the screenplay is only a hundred and it's a, it would be a hundred it would be a hundred and twenty minute uh, feature movie if it if it uh, gets picked up, and um, and, and so it's a hundred and nineteen pages the screenplay. But that took me that took me eight months to write. It's just it's a total to to write to take a book and adapt it to a screenplay. It's such a different animal. And um, anyway, it's given me a lot of respect. Um, for the movie industry. I mean, that what a fascinating world that is, Tom. Oh, yeah. And, and the screenplay that you wrote um, got Best Sci-Fi Screenplay from the L.A. Film Awards. That's a good get, Kevin. Yeah, um, that happened in uh, February of this year, late February of this year, and... Um, it's, uh, I have to tell you that I just, I literally cried when I got that award. Uh, it's just, it was just too good to be true. And it's interesting, the LA uh, Film Awards, they actually are, fo- they're following me on Instagram. Um, I have a, at, at my, even though I'm a baby boomer, Tom, I have an Instagram account at the assistance of my publisher, but it's at real Kevin Chewy, and if you want to take a look at at the Instagram, it will tell you about all the different film festivals that Bad Love Strikes has been chosen for, and has been a finalist or a semifinalist or an award winner. They're all there on my on my Instagram. That's that's great. Um, how did you? Well, I, I, I actually have two thoughts going through my head at the same time. One is, is how you got started writing and the idea of, of bad love, where that came from as uh, the, the group is referred to as the bad love gang. Yeah, so um, it kind of came from Isaac Hayes. Um, you know, in the 70s, um, bad was good. If you were bad, you know, you were, um, you were cool and you were spot on and bad to the bone. (laughs) And so we couldn't call ourselves the good love gang. I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Not if you plan to go out in public. 
So really, it it actually came from a line in the theme from Shaft uh, from Isaac Hayes, and I talk about that. There's a, actually that that uh, song is in the soundtrack of Battle of Strikes, the first book, because one of the Holocaust survivors, they're on, they rescue them, and they're on this, they're on a, they're on the Phantom Fortress, and they're they're taking them to Belgium, and and one of the uh, one of the people they rescued, she's like. Uh, how come you guys call yourselves the bad love gang? And so bubble butt has to live up to, you know, why they call themselves bad love. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, uh, as far as uh, marketing goes, you you know, how cool for young adults uh, age 10 or older to be walking around with a book that says bad love on it. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, well, they're not going to be carrying a book around at school that's called Good Love. So uh, there's a lot of reasons for the name. (laughs) (laughs) But how did you get the bug for writing? Well, I have written um, articles for newspaper, medical journals, and that kind of thing during my career. Um, But it was really reading that uh, story of the Phantom Fortress and just connecting that with my childhood gang and thinking, well, time travelers could have been on that plane. And so it was really the first book I got. I just, I, 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 it's like I got struck by lightning. And um, I just uh, started writing and I couldn't stop. So, so really... Um, you know, you, I'm sure, Tom, you've interviewed other authors who say that, you know, they've, they've been inspired, but I, I have to say that the Bad Love book series has really been um, an act of inspiration. I really, I really got inspired to write. And uh, are there writers that, um, that you admire especially or maybe have influenced your writing in any way yeah i um you know i would say uh dan brown and um and and tom clancy i mean i was kind of you know um for years um he's passed on now but you know for years i was just like a tom clancy addict and um but um, I love I love Dan Brown and I love Michael Crichton and so I would say that the Bad Love uh, Medi- Bad Love Medicine and, and the Bad Love book series is kind of a is kind of a cross between that. I the other thing I tell people, you know, when you're trying to think of like what is it like to read uh, Bad Love Medicine, you know, it's basically. Um, uh, the teenage Goonies meet Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think that's the. <laughs> I think that's the best way to describe what what this is like, and uh, because my books really do cross genres, and, and I um, suspect they were introduced by H.G. Wells. <laughs> yeah, well. Uh, Susan Keith, who's one of the women that's reviewed all four books, she she actually uh, compares book three, Bad Love Beyond, uh, to The Time Machine by H.G. Wells. So the, what, a, what a fantastic um, comparison coming from a reviewer. Yeah, that is. Um, but you've had, you've gotten a lot of... Uh, 
good response from reviewers on the on the series. Um, but during the uh, the pandemic, were you able to, through technology, uh, keep up the interaction between you and readers? I, I know a lot of authors will go out and do book signings and readings and so on, but a lot of that was suspended during the uh, uh, shelter-at-home phase, uh, which we may or may not be coming out of. Um, were you able to get feedback from readers? Absolutely. Um, and so, you know what happened uh, during the pandemic? I mean, social media really exploded, Tom. I mean, it's um, it, it, not that social media wasn't big before the pandemic, but I would just say it's bigger than ever now. And, um, you know, it's an amazing thing um, that you can be on Instagram, for example, which is what I do. I, I have a Twitter account. I don't use it very much, but I'm, I'm very active on Instagram. And, and by the way, at real Kevin Shuey. Um, and I think that that allows you to connect with the world in a way that you've never been able to do before. I mean, there's some there's some amazing influencers on on Instagram. I mean, people get their get most of nowadays get most of their recipes just you know looking at their Instagram account. And so I would say that's one way. And then the other way, of course, is what I'm doing with you right now. I mean, all of the all four books I've had radio tours for, and so glad that we're we're here today uh, talking about Bad Love Medicine. But you know, uh, you tell me: has there been any resurgence at all in radio during the pandemic? Because um, certainly, I've been out there on the radio talking uh, about the books, and it's really been a lot of fun. I well. You know, the answer to that is, is a little bit complicated. I think a lot of people have been drawn to television and video for face-to-face -face contact. And a lot of people listen to the radio in their car. And so with less traveling, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit less uh, radio listening, but uh, uh, streaming is way up. Yeah, well, it reminds me um, the other the other uh, thing that I did more and more of uh, during the pandemic, and I would imagine you you have as well is Zoom. I mean, I've uh, I've been interviewed um, uh, via Zoom, and of course, I have a Zoom account now, and and uh, you can do Zoom um, with audio, video, or even just audio. And that, that's the other way that I've been able to uh, break through, I think, uh, during the, the pandemic. Are you ever surprised by um, the reaction that you get from readers and reviewers? Do they, do they ever share insights about things you've written that maybe hadn't occurred to you? Well, I'll tell you what thrills me more than anything Um the the some of the reviewers have contacted me personally and they tell me that they've shared these uh, books with their teenage uh, children or teenage grandchildren 
Um, and, uh, you know, just last week I had one of them contact me and say that their 14-year-old uh, granddaughter couldn't put the book down. And, and I, I have to say that, um, you know, like for the, for example, for the Harry Potter series, I mean, it was really adopted by young people, and then everybody started reading it. And um, I am uh, thrilled that there are now, there's now a group of young people that are getting into the uh, Bad Love book series, and it just, um, that, that has me more excited. <laughs> has me really more excited than than anything um but the other comment i frequently get is something we talked about earlier and that is that um i'm getting a lot of comments from people about how accurate the history is in the books and how it's really making them uh, more interested in in the period history of world war ii and i'm really uh happy to hear that as well when did or does uh, bad love medicine drop, as they say? Yeah, so it drops in April of 1945, um, which is really, <laughs> <laughs> really right at the end of um, World War II. And so it has to do with Hitler's uh, darkest secret. And, and Winston Churchill reviews reveals this well I was thinking I was thinking more about the publishing date is is it out and available oh. <laughs> well it just dropped uh, publishing wise about three or four weeks ago so the book's brand new when when does the next one come out well that's a good question so is um, it titled yet uh, yeah the title is bad love rising and um, I've also teased, uh, at the end of Bad Love Medicine, I teased that uh, we're going to have uh, Bad Love Begins, which will be the prequel uh, to the Bad Love Gang. So it'll be, what, was the, what were the Bad Love Gang doing together before they were teenagers and discovered the White Hole Project time travel machine? Um, but anyway, uh, Bad Love Rising probably will be out right, right around the first of the year, Tom. Well, we'll be looking forward to that, but in the meantime, we can catch up on the Bad Love series, uh, which includes Bad Love Strikes, Bad Love Tigers, Bad Love Beyond, and the newest installment, Bad Love Medicine, by uh, my guest, Dr. Kevin Shuey. Kevin, it's always a, a, a treat to talk with uh, creative people, and, and I really appreciate you spending this time with me this morning. Yeah, thanks so much, uh, Tom. I've, I've really enjoyed uh, talking to one of my fellow uh, baby boomers who's into <laughs> uh, music the same way that I am. So uh, maybe we can get together again after the first of the year and talk about book number five. I, well, I hope that we do because, you know, in addition to being a fellow baby boomer, I am also a fan of uh, history, uh, music, and time travel. So we have all of that in common cool Kev kevin take care and keep up the good work all right thanks a lot tom have a great day and uh thanks again for having me on all right bye-bye uh -huh. that was uh 
Kevin Shuey, the author of the Bad Love series, the latest installment, Bad Love Medicine, is available wherever books can be found. And uh, with that, we're going to take a short break. we got lots more of the Tom Sumner program yet to go, so don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Say, objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, 
Report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Sitting on his daddy's knee He picked up a hammer and a little piece of steel And said, goo 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 That's not the right verse He was only six months years old Honey, the real, the ethnic You know the real version When John Henry was a little baby Sitting on his daddy's knee Daddy picked him up, threw him on the floor, said, this baby's done wet on me. <laughs> I, I, I apologize. Oh, I one more chance. One more chance is all you get. See this pin? It says, think ethnic. You gotta think ethnic and sing ethnic to ever earn this pin. When John Henry was a little baby Sitting on his daddy's knee He picked up a hammer and a little piece of steel And said this hammer be the death of me, Lord, Lord Hammer be the death of me Yeah, when John Henry was just a little tyke He picked up a piece of steel and a hammer it seemed like he knew all the time, down deep inside, that he was going to work on the railroads. And there was a big story waiting for him to arrive on. Why was a little boy used to go around hammering on things? His daddy bought him a little hammer. Let's go around hammering the tables and hammering the fixtures. We <laughs> used to get a licking all the time to go up and hammer on the front door. Hammer on the chairs. Yet as John Henry grew, he grew in size, and he grew in stature, and he grew in his mind, his horizons grew. He started going out and got a bigger hammer. Started walking around town hammering things. Hammering trees, people's fences, fire hydrants. Why John Henry could just go around hitting one fire hydrant with one whop, whop. Yeah. 
All the dogs in town hated John Henry. <laughs> well, the whole story goes is that when he grew to full size, he could drive steel on the railroad, drive those spikes in the ground faster than any ten men. People started talking about John Henry. Why he's the fastest man that ever drove steel on the railroad. And the whole story of John Henry really starts day the captain told John Henry something. John Henry said, tell me something, captain. <laughs> then the captain said, John Henry, I'm gonna bring me a steam drill round. I'm gonna bring me a steam drill out on the job. I'm gonna pop that steel on down, Lord, Lord, pop that steel on down. Sure enough, next day they had a steam drill out on the job. Big red steam drill, shiny smokestack sticking up in the air. Well, they had old John Henry over there. Muscles ripple in the sun, sweat running off in gimlets. <laughs> Ringlets. Well, the captain, head of all the railroad workers, looked over at that steam drill and smiled. Then he turned over and he looked over at John Henry, with his beady little eyes. He snarled over John Henry. Hi there, John. <laughs> well, John Henry didn't say nothing. Just spit on his hands, picked up those two nine-pound hammers, walked slowly over towards that steam drill, spit on the steam drill. <laughs> then went over and spit on the captain. <laughs> Well, it got to be about 12 o'clock starting time for the race. Every railroad man in the county was out there that day because they knew if John Henry lost that race, they were all out of a job. Well, it got to be starting time for the race. John Henry is up there at that starting line. And Steam Drill was up there at that starting line. Big smokestack sticking right up in the air. A little bit of spit on it. <laughs> Well, the captain walked up to the start line. I swear you could hear a pin drop that day. He took out his pistol and pointed it up in the air. John Henry spit on it. <laughs> Actually, this was about the greatest race in the history of man. The race between a man and a machine. He pointed that pistol up in the air and shot it off. <coughs> Bang. <laughs> that started that race. Wop, 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 wop,
going on the left side And John Henry hammered on the right The steam drill make ten feet, John Henry only three Then it hammered John Henry out of sight, Lord, Lord Hammered John Henry out of sight <laughs> <laughs> Hammered John Henry out of sight <laughs> Oh, Lordy Yeah, that's right John Henry lost that race. Dumb smart like thought he could be a steam drill. <laughs> what a thing for crying out loud. John Henry said to the captain, to the captain, by God I ain't no fool. Before I'll die with a hammer in my hand, I'm gonna get me a steam drill too, Lord Lord. <laughs> Get me a steam drill to love God. Get me a steam drill to This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Tom Sumner.